Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Growing Up Gaming Podcast. I am your host and moderator, Mike. And as always, I'm joined by the dragon to my Khaleesi, <laughs> Brandon. So, uh, yeah, I guess Khaleesi does ride the dragon pretty often. <laughs> you're so, you're, I hate you. Uh, if you are new here, welcome to the squad. Brandon isn't always that creepy. We are Growing Up Gaming, your weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you all of the best in news, reviews, indie games, and of course, your occasional B-movie. We come to you both on Thursdays as well as Sunday, Sunday being our Sunday fun day. And I just I guess you wanted to take this time to let you know that after this week here, so after the upcoming Sunday episode, we are or we have decided to kind of revert back to the original style of the show, at least for the time being. Um, I do definitely think in the future that the two episodes per week will be making a return. But for now, we're going to be jumping back over to the one episode a week. So a new episode coming out every single Thursday, and it will be going back to a little bit more of that longer form episode. So more of us in less of the time. There you go. <laughs> so if you enjoy it here, please be sure to give us a follow on Instagram. And that is at growing up gaming. Um, and if you are listening to us on Apple podcasts, please leave us a review, a comment. And that really helps us to continue to grow the show. So with that, Brandon, let's get down to business. All right. All right. Let's kick it off. Brandon. How are you? How are you? Uh, I'm quite good, Mike. Uh, nice. I, uh, I finished off the final little bit of Yakuza 0, even though I reviewed it last week, but uh, I've got through the final little section epilogue missions, which took like two and a half hours, but even yeah. more glorious. Can't recommend that <laughs> game series enough. Definitely start with uh, 0. Uh, also been still plugging away at Pokemon Blue. I really committed. Like literally oh, like nice. tri bathroom trips and all, just bringing the Game Boy with me, <laughs> like old school style and... I'm uh I'm about to fight the Elite Four. Brandon, have you have you played it under your bed sheets while Rachel's sleeping? Like like classic like child, you know what I mean? You have it with the light on, with the backlight on, sheets overhead. <laughs> Everything but the sheets. There's been many nice. times where we're like, okay, we're going to bed. Like, cool. I'm just gonna play for a little bit, and then three hours later, I'm like, I'm still awake. Uh, which explains why I'm probably like, well, probably explains why I'm at the Elite Four already. Who's just your squad? Who's your squad? Oh man! So uh, because of all our shit or my shit talk about Bulbasaur previously, I chose Bulbasaur again as my main dude, and I okay. have to say, you know what? I have some new appreciation in my adult years for Bulbasaur, as he doesn't have the best moves, but mm -hmm. his like his leech ability is ridiculous. I didn't realize how oh, good yeah. that actually was because yeah. it doesn't it applies to not just him. Like once you see the other like the enemy. Anyone that they're now fighting gets that health bump. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty cool as a support guy. And mm -hmm. his stats are huge. And uh, as long as you TM him up nicely, he's uh, he's good to go. Apart from that, Gyarados for my water type. Nice. I got Fiero as my flying type. Which nice. I normally do Pidgey. But then I have actually looked up on the internet a little bit this time and saw that Pidgey is actually shit. And he's <laughs> only used for, because of... Uh, like people's love for for him in the show and fiero is vastly more statistically better apparently like way higher stats so i've been using him and i can't can't disagree he's he's a beast pretty swagged out yeah man also got my my nidoqueen queen right from the start like my nice. my nidorano like right from the yeah. beginning just evolved her up i also 
I used to always love Hitmonchan as like mm-hmm. he's my go-to for the yeah. fighting type. But now I'm playing with him, like man, he's shit. Like yeah, Hitmonchan. So Hitmonchan. I like always wanted him to be sick. Yeah, but he's like low-key pretty trash. Yeah, like he's got really good high attack, but really shit special. But all of his punch attacks are special attacks because it's like fire punch, ice punch, lightning punch. So um, back in the day with the the Misingo cheat, when you could make unlimited rare candies and all the other items, I'm pretty sure I just did unlimited special, like the Carbos, whatever you can buy. Oh, and, yeah, like, yeah. Unlimited special and beefed up his special so that he was good. But <laughs> yeah, so he just got replaced by Snorlax. Oh, uh, you are you are Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> Aspirations, man. The things he's a beast, and he still is limber as fuck with his martial arts. So I love, you know, I love Snorlax. Good stuff. Yeah, man. So it's been it's been a lot of fun, like just Sick. going down that memory lane, and just yeah, it's incredible. Like it holds up. It's that's awesome. It's a little broken because it's the first one, but it's, yeah, 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 it's so much fun. Nice, man. Yeah. How about you? What have you been up to? I am chilling, Brandon. Brandon. Grown up gaming is on the road right now. We are. Ooh. I am. Uh, I am at a cottage, a beautiful Airbnb out in Fort Erie, Ontario, right at the border of like Buffalo and I guess like Niagara Falls, pretty uh, much. Can you smell Buffalo for where you are? No, I can see it though. <laughs> I can look. I can literally see Buffalo from my window. It's like we're right on the water, and you can oh. see Buffalo from like across from across oh. the water. So it's you pretty can cool. see Buffalo. You can smell that stench. <laughs> <laughs> so no it's been uh it's been great we brought i brought the ps5 up i'm here with my girlfriend and her dog and we brought the ps5 up i also got it takes two so we started playing that a couple of nights ago and it's been it's so fun it's so fun we're not super far in it but it's been like it's been great no no spoods yet no spoods yet i can sense them though i can feel them in my loins well they're in the trailer oh yeah i know they're there i know they're there i know they're there you have to ride a uh a giant spider at one point we'll see how that goes I, yeah. i'm trying to train amy to get good enough at like taking lead on like the. <laughs> she's gonna have to pull a double duty on that one it's time for spider protocol go 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 <laughs> so we'll see but it's really really good we'll definitely do more into it like i, I believe the game comes with a giftable copy um Ooh. so that is like obviously the, the game has to be played with two people mm-hmm. so kind of to to get around that if you only have one person to play with especially couch co-op they give a giftable copy to give to someone else so that they can play online with you for free oh okay nice yeah so is i'm gonna like give my copy to or? you Oh, no, thanks, I gotta see how I have to see how it works. Because um, mm. obviously, with the physical one, I think it gives you a code. But with okay. the digital one, I think there's a way that I think I just still will get a code and I'll send it to you. I don't know. I'll I'll take a look and see. Beautiful, but man. From well, what I've played so far, it's um, it's pretty good. It's pretty solid. Well, got great it. reviews, so I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to the Gug review. Yeah, yeah, we'll do definitely do either a first four or a proper review on it, but um, yeah. spoilers, it's 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 great. <laughs> Ooh, which actually, speaking of reviews, just reminded me, literally about 30 minutes before this podcast, I started up Disco Elysium Final Cut. Ooh, sick. Yeah, so I, I'm only like 30 minutes into it, but yeah, that's going to be, uh, I'll definitely be talking about that as well, Maybe, whether okay. it's first four or a full review, which I don't know, it's it's like playing art, so it might just end up being a first four. Yeah, I definitely want to hear about it because I, like I said, it's I, I haven't played that game before. I know it won a ton of like Game of Year awards, all that type of stuff, but I don't even really know much about it. But just from looking at screenshots and just like videos of it, it's like this game looks 
really cool. If from a like an art style, it looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, that's that's the first thing that caught me. Like I didn't know much. I was about like you. I didn't know much about it except for the original one that came out in 2019. Got a 9.6. Won like every game award possible, uh, but was a PC exclusive. And then now that it came out just on the 30th, uh, March 30th, for consoles and everything, and actually on PlayStation, it's 20% off uh, for the first couple weeks of release. So if you oh, want to cool. get it, it goes down to 40 bucks basically. Okay, uh, cool. But yeah, so I didn't know much about it, except for now the, the full Final Cut edition is now like pretty much 100% voice acted. There's I think there's 3 million words that they, they voice casted. <laughs> took like eight months of just pure voice recording and like all this other stuff and now it's a perfect 10 on ign's updated score and yeah man it's it's i'll, I'll go i'll go in depth on it yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah because right now take, it's some, just... take some time take some time and play it and, and take it in and, and but like i said i definitely want to hear more about it because it looks sick yeah which it's it looks amazing so far for anyone that's curious just quick like cole's notes of what i understand so far you are a detective that wakes up in an apartment that does not know who or what you are and what is a keyword. You don't even know that you're a human. Like, you're just so amnesiaed out from whatever happened to you. And then you, through, like, quick investigations, you realize there's, you're there investigating a murder. And that's it. It's a murder mystery where you play a detective that you have, like, you can adjust your stats to either be super intelligent like Sherlock Holmes but then you're like socially awkward a crazy good social person where you can just like tap into people's emotions and really like get them to open up to you or you can just be super big and physically imposing and just like intimidate people and but then you're dumb as shit and <laughs> each category exactly what you want from a detective <laughs> exactly uh, and then out of there's a fourth stat which uh, I'm forgetting but either way there's like six different um, like skills basically for each one uh, that just will help you in different ways in conversation choices. And then there's like skill roles depending on your stats. And like it's like D&D mixed with like a story, like a telltale story. It's it looks wild. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, Brandon, I guess with that, that was solid catching up because I miss you, sir. I miss so... you too, buddy. Thanks, man. So let's get down to the business, like I said. And as mm -hmm. always, let's jump over to our first segment of the day, and that is in the news. All right, Brandon, we have four news articles to go through today, some solid Ooh. ones. But unfortunately, we're going to be starting off with some bad news, some sad news, some not so bueno news. <laughs> that was actually really good. Thanks, um, man. <laughs> and I guess the news is that PlayStation is going to be closing down the PS3, the PS Vita, and the PSP store. No! <laughs> Why have you forsaken us, Sony? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sony is going to be shutting down the PlayStation store for PS3, PS Vita, and um, PSP, like I just said. So, PS3 and PSP will be closed down on July the 2nd of 2021. And then the PSN store for PlayStation Vita will be closing down on August 27th, 2021. So, a few more months. Pretty much after those dates... 
consumers will still be able to re-download games that were previously purchased. However, they will not be able to purchase any new games nor be able to redeem any PSN funds, like if you have money in your wallet. But yeah, they're going to be ceasing all purchases for any new content as well as downloadable content, anything along those lines. In an email that PlayStation has sent out to the customers, they said that in an effort to focus on resources for PlayStation Store on PS4 and PlayStation 5, which will enable us to enhance the customer experience even further, which that's pretty like pretty marketing speak. They pretty much just don't want to keep keep it up and and all that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't I don't see any reason why they should shut it down. Like just let the people download their damn games um <laughs> well you're still going to be able to download ones that you've you've played before or like that you own it's yeah from, but you just won't be able to buy new ones from their store exactly of like uh like when did the ps3 even come out like 15 years ago yeah something along those lines yeah. It has been a while. It has been a while. So this article was met with quite a bit of backlash from fans and kind of other media outlets as well. And I think there's a, there's a few there's a few reasons for it. The first one just being that a lot of people feel that Sony does have the responsibility to preserve gaming history. And obviously with them closing down these stores, with them not making any of these games kind of accessible, there is a ton of games that will just cease to exist in a way um with playstation both vita psp or i guess all three of them playstation 3 vita and psp there are a ton of games that are digital only games and again with no longer being able to have digital like these games are now kind of like gone to the wayside right and only and only those who pretty much are able to download and buy these games as of july and august will be able to experience them so Brandon, I guess let's let's kick let's I'll kick it over to you and and the first kind of point that I want to ask you is is do you think Sony has the responsibility to kind of preserve this gaming history or do you think it's on them to just kind of move on and do what they need to do? This one is definitely a tough question because I think part of the thing part of it, the reason why this is getting thrown around and why I think maybe people are uh, not necessarily phrasing it well like Sony's not destroying gaming history at all. The history of those <laughs> games exists. You could probably read a full breakdown of them on Wikipedia. You could probably yeah. watch YouTube videos of people playing them. Not to mention, these games are 15 fucking years old. If you haven't played it now, you weren't going to anyways. Yeah, like, no no one's running running out being like, I gotta download this PSP Mini. That, exactly. like, <laughs> Yeah, and like, realistically, if you bought the game back then, you can still access it. They're not taking mm-hmm. it away from you. Uh, you can download it. Not to mention, like, it, I think it's just really, really poor wording for people just to be like, they're destroying gaming history. It was like, because the history is there. Doesn't matter. History is history. That's it. If you're talking about people not being able to play classic games, the massive groundbreaking titles are always still going to be there. Like, they're, mm-hmm. like, even on PS Now, like, uh, Sony's kind of classic uh, game playing service that nobody knows about and buys, even though it's been around even longer than Game Pass. It's very easy for them to maybe funnel games like that onto PlayStation Now to bolster the the, uh, the roster. Yeah. Or not to mention some of the transferring over between the console generations. Like Sony's never really been about that. They've never yeah, they've that. been They've been very bad at that. 
Yeah. Especially especially compared to Microsoft. Oh yeah, like when I played Kotor, like when I replayed it, I threw my P my Xbox game disc for Kodar in my Xbox One and it worked perfectly. That's pretty cool. That's pretty it's cool. great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then for that's that's probably the only time I've done it in I don't know how long. But yeah. Uh, but I remember I even had I made it a point to buy my PS3 that was the backwards compatible installed like hard copy version which was the metal gear solid bundle of ps3 Mm -hmm. that was a natively backwards compatible playstation 3 never really used it and eventually there was an app that you could or a thing that you could download from the store that would actually make your playstation 3 backwards compatible and sony came out with records and stats basically like you guys want this but nobody uses it yep which also comes back to the claim of it's an old argument that came up I think back then where backwards compatibility is most often used as a sale technique for parents because parents mm-hmm. buy these kids all these games and then they're like oh I want the new one and they're like what but like I bought you thousands of dollars worth of games for your last one what's wrong with this but yeah. he's like no 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 like you can still play those games on the next one this is just the new one and then parents swallowed that a lot easier so yeah. Uh, I know I'm going down a little bit of a tangent here, but on one side, I really don't think Sony is destroying any gaming history. It's still there. People have had ample opportunities. And realistically, this takes me back to the day of FF7 original when, when like before the internet was what it was, where you'd have to go to like sketchy game stores of used ones and buy FF7 for $120 for the disc to be able to play it. And that was only when it was the previous generation. So, like, this shit has been going on long before the digital age. And it's just now that we're in the digital age and people are used to being spoon-fed that this is an issue. I also do agree, though, and I see the argument where this isn't an issue for main other mediums like books. Like, you could read a thousand or, a, like, a hundred-year-old book on Kindle. You could buy it for free or, like, download it for free or buy it for a dollar, access a book. Movies... You can watch movies from the 30s and 40s brought up to the current age. But video games are a whole different beast because there's like, it's not words on a page. It's not a camera shooting a film, making a negative. It's like even uh, one of the games for PSP. Uh, I think it was like the Uncharted game where you actually had to like rub something on the PSP. Yeah, the, and like the back the back touch screen and stuff. So there's, there's console specific features that you can't do yeah. outside of it. So stuff like that would be, it would take Sony, they could really easily do it, I'm sure, to replace the the touchpad on the back with the PS5 or PS4 touchpad on the front of the controller, mm-hmm. and they could port it over, but then that takes money, time, effort, and then who's going to buy it? Like, yeah. I'm not going to buy it. Like, I've, I love the Uncharted series. I owned all of the ones on all the other consoles, but I'm not going to shell out 15, 20 bucks to play a PSP game. Yeah. on my ps5 like there's too many other good things coming out so yeah. that's my little tangent sir i really ra- no, rambled on there. i think i think no no I, I think that i think that's perfectly warranted and 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 i do agree with you in the sense of backwards capability is definitely something that people ask for and likely don't use mm-hmm. and and, yeah. and i and i think it's just one of those things that it's like a nice to have i think it's also just reassuring knowing that when the time comes of like hey like i want to throw on nba street volume two that (laughs) you don't need to go and find your playstation 2 you don't need to go and blow the dust off and and 
you know, all that type of stuff. You can, like you said, you get the disc, you put it in and it works. And I do think there's something pretty awesome to that, but that's like a very small majority of people. Yeah. Like self-parking on a car. You know, self parking so sick though. But so I remember I um, I was looking at a golf R back in the day, like uh, before I bought my current car, and that was one of the features that the guy tried to sell me on about reverse parking and auto parking. So he tried to show me. I'm like, this is painful, man. Like I could have been parked and out of the car by now. It takes forever. Uh, I was like, this is a cool selling feature, but it's a feature I'll never actually use. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, not shitting on other cars that do it better or whatever, but just saying, like, there's so many features in today's age where you're like, oh, this is a wicked feature. But then, like, two years of owning that item, how many times have you used it? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So, either way, continuing on. So, some Mm -hmm. of the games that are kind of going to be lost forever, and, and by forever, I can definitely see a lot of these coming to playstation now i think playstation now is the fir- the perfect place yeah. for their older ps1 ps2 ps3 style games and some of those games are tokyo jungle which is on ps3 it, it i haven't played it it's supposed to be very 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 good though um house of the dead 4 which is still available on arcade and i'm guessing the ideal place to play it ratchet mm. and clank future quest for booty great oh. name great game Started to see that one go. <laughs> one of that's probably that's my most standout Ratchet and Clank game. Actually, this is the only it's one on good. the list that actually hits home. Where I'm like, ooh, like, but I'm pretty sure I own a physical copy of it. I thought, yeah, so, I yeah. don't know. As well as Infamous Festival of Blood, which is the DLC for the Infamous. I believe is Infamous Two, which is a very great DLC. But oh. on top of that, so there was there's 393 PS3 games that are going to be kind of disappearing. 1,002 Vita games. 58 PSP games, as well as 211 PS1 classics and 231 PlayStation minis. And those came out, the minis came out on PSP and Vita. And they're kind of like the indie games of that generation. Mm-hmm. So quite a quite a few games, like what, close to 2,000, 2,700, or sorry, 1,700 all in total. So yeah, it's a ton it of is games. a lot. Mm-hmm. But realistically, again... It's like if there's anything there and with like culture just being so on to the next thing. Yeah. How many people are going back? So I do see the double side of it or I see both sides of it, I should say. Sony is a a massive company and they have shareholders and stakeholders and they have to kind of keep pushing that needle and, and doing that. But I would love for them to just be like, hey, our entire PS2 back catalog is now on PlayStation Now. You can pay 12 bucks a month and go play all of our classic games and like... I would pay that. And that's just it. Like, I think a lot of people, especially with what Game Pass did with one one uh, subscription price for Xbox Live and and uh, if you get the Platinum version, I think it is, you get the Xbox Live and Game Pass, where Sony has kept them separate, which on one side, PS Plus is perfect. You get mm-hmm. free games all the time. Speaking of, actually, we should be getting our free games for for april really soon yeah i don't know if uh, they've uh if they've announced what they are let me take yeah. a look can right. continue on yeah yeah i'll just finish this off then real quick yeah so that would be something that sony could easily do i'm sure or maybe even be working on where you know if just maybe bolster up ps now and then do a bundle where you charge a couple extra bucks a month and you merge them together and then that way people could even have on a rotation uh like playstation classics uh even if it's six months, I don't know, whatever, like a couple weeks, months, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just if they increase the service, then that is a great way to do it. 
which Sony is also notorious for kind of leaving people in the dark, letting people flounder, and then boom, like a month later after the dust settles, answering the question. So this could also be like, all right, hey, we're pulling 2,000 games. Everybody freaks out for a month. Everybody forgets about it. And then a month later, like, hey, also, PS Plus is getting all 2,000 games. Or like, hey, there's also a like super happy fun time Sony history collection pack that's $100 and it comes with 2,000 games. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, Because yeah. some of those games are probably like 20 megabytes. Yeah. <laughs> like some of the so- old school ones. Yeah. Okay, Brandon. So they do have the PS Plus games. They actually were announced like literally two hours ago. So the three games for April is going to be Days Gone as well as Oddworld Soulstorm, which is the remake of the 1998 Oddworld Abe's Exodus. Beautiful. We'll be downloading. (laughs) (laughs) And and then the third game is Zombie Army 4 Dead War, which I have not heard of, but I like the name. Oh, interesting, though, because isn't Days Gone free on the PS5 collection? PS5 collection, yeah. So I'm guessing the Days Gone is now free on PS4. Okay, so that's that's good. If you have a PS5, you already get it for free, which is pretty solid. Yeah, and the PS collection, I don't even know if that's permanent. So this is, at least this way, is a good permanent way to own it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Amazing game. Play it. Yeah. Uh, Anything else for Sony shutting down the store? Or are you good to go? Yeah, I'm pretty... I think we've kind of beat this horse to death. It's All It right. sucks, and obviously we wish it didn't happen, but it makes perfect sense why they're doing it. And really, if you haven't played them in 15 years, then, like, what are you crying about? Just like, Yeah, and if you if you do have a... If you still play your PS Vita, just jump on the store, do a run-through, and just see, okay, what like what of these games do I want to have in my collection? Yeah. And just grab them. You, you still have a few months. So kind of you've been warned, I guess. And just mm-hmm. go through and, and grab any of the games that you want. Because Vita is still a dope-ass system. So Yeah. And also for future, buy your favorite games on physical copy so that no one can take them from you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so we, we won't get into it right now. But yeah. this does come into a whole other kind of conversation around digital games. And how much of a digital game do you own? Yeah. Right? Because... There's the games that you buy digitally, and then if that game gets delisted, now you no longer have access to a game that you have purchased. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's a whole other conversation for another day. But um, yeah, but yeah sure. digital. It's nice to buy physical all day, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't beat it. I know. Well, I like the 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 load times of digital is pretty dope in the sense of it comes out at midnight and you have it on your system. So which is also but, sweet. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. either way all yeah. right brandon let's go jump over to article number two and that is id at xbox indie event so microsoft and twitch had their first kind of twitch gaming showcase which is pretty cool and that is id at xbox and that is their kind of indie showcase which is as you know my favorite things in the world <laughs> yes. and uh over the it was a long stream i think it was like a three hour stream it oh, they yeah, and it featured over 60 games. So lots of games, lots of games. We will not be going through all 60. I will include a link in the notes that kind of has trailers for all of the games that we talk about here, as well as a list of all the games that were, I guess, announced. So if anything that we talk about kind of sparks your interest, just jump over to the notes section and you will find it there. So Brandon, let's kick it off. 
with my personal most exciting game of the entire one Mm -hmm. and it's called nobody saves the world and that is a brand new action rpg but it comes from Drinkbox studios oh and i know you love your guacamole oh i love my guacamole so if you don't know who Drinkbox Studio is, they are a, actually a Toronto-based studio as well. They are only like, they're a small team. They're like 11 to 15 people, so very small team. And they are the team behind Guacamelee number one, number two, as well as Severed. So three really, really great games, especially Guacamelee, like two of my like favorite Metroidvanias there. So they announced this game. It is called Nobody Saves the World. It looks really cool. Pretty much players transform into a number of different people so from from rats to magicians to horses and kind of dozens of other really unique forms and each of those forms have special abilities and you go around and it looks kind of like an older like a a legend of zelda kind of rpg but you're constantly given new tasks on the side you have new tasks and as you go through as you kill enemies as you're doing this and that you're just checking off these tasks and new ones appear and it's a very kind of fast-paced um rpg there you go and yeah like a little bit of a dungeon crawler and that's how you can get your experience it looks like right like you complete your tasks that randomly generate in these randomly generated dungeons and it almost mm-hmm. seems like a roguelite action rpg type of thing yeah yeah and it, i know again like it just looks really really cool they had they they didn't do too much of a deep dive within the presentation itself um there have been some videos that have been released later on that do a little bit more of a dive into the game and, and kind of some of the features around it again i will post it but i am very very excited about this this one will be a 100 percent buy for me so i will i will keep you posted as i hear more and as this one comes out uh and is this one of the yeah it is actually i just took my notes uh so this is one of the games that's being released released day of on game pass yes so there's 20 different games that were mentioned out of these 60 which actually a handful of them are the ones that actually stood out to me as well that are going to be released on game pass day one for free yeah so so microsoft doing a big yeah they're doing a big push towards their game pass and it's going to be on both game pass for console as well as pc yeah so mikey you can play it for free man you don't have to buy i know it. i'm excited yeah. so nobody saves the world coming out on pc and consoles later in 2021 next up there is a game it is called soup pot so soup pot is a cooking game that looks really really cool it's kind of a high definition e a cooking game where you can experiment and make over a hundred different dishes and kind of cook without really the pressure of failing. So you can play the games, you can mix and match, you can try different cuisines and yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a kind of like a cooking mama inspired game, but without that annoying ass mama, (laughs) (laughs) which to me just sounds like torture. (laughs) You're just going to be cooking delicious looking food and then not get to try it. Go to your goddamn kitchen and cook real food. (laughs) That's that's my. This is the cheaper option, Brandon. You can try some things out, and then it gives you the recipe. Then it gives you the recipe, and you can go make it in real life. Okay, all right. Still torture to me. Make something twice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then we have Moon Glow Bay. So Moon Glow Bay. Sorry, Moon Glow Bay. That's a hard name to say. Mm -hmm. uh, Is a wholesome fishing RPG set in the 1980s in the Eastern Canadian coastline. Yeah, Canada. 
Yeah. Uh, this game looks very jolly. Looks very zen, but also looks actually no, it doesn't look it doesn't look jolly because it's kind of sad. Um, it's like Super a Minecraft. Sad. Yeah, it's like a Minecraft style graphics, but pretty much you are a rookie rookie angler, and I believe your partner dies and leaves you this book of his hopes and dreams of catching these fish, and you have to kind of go and catch those fish to kind of make his final wish happen. Well, yeah, from, from what it looks like is you live in a fishing town, but you've never caught a fish before. So your partner, whether it's a loved one or family or whatever, they they kind of show them getting taken down at sea a little bit. And yeah, you're trying to like reconnect with this person via their journal and like discovering what they loved so much and growing as your fishing like endeavors. It looks cool. Like it looked like something to me like a spirit fair. Even though, mm-hmm. like, very different, like, very similar feel, but very different game. Or something you could just throw on to relax. And, like, it's a very, like, easygoing, but kind of somber and dark tone still. But yeah. I'm hoping that it's going to get happy. You know? Like, he's going he's gonna to level up and then basically just make his ghost <laughs> friend happy and just be fine. Yeah. No, yeah. it looks cool. Yeah. It looks cool. I'll definitely, I definitely want to check this one out. Or at least, like, take a look. And plus, it takes place in Eastern Canada, which you don't see very often. Yeah, it's got to play. Got to represent. And that one's also coming free day one. Yeah, that one is on the list as well. So continuing on, Brandon, we have Death's Door. Death's Door looks really cool too. This was my standout. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. So it is a fantasy action adventure game set in a world where crows are in charge of reaping the souls of the dead. So you play as a crow and pretty... um, Brandon, how would you actually describe this one? Because the trailer, the first part of the trailer is very like noir. It's all black and white. And then it kind of cuts over to gameplay, which looks very, very different, but looks very, very fun. Yeah, it looks kind of like a top-down action, like action RPG style game. I made perfect, like a, a very strong note of the art style from the opening cinema scenes like you're talking about. Look so cool and gloomy, but also happy kind of like a uh, nightmare before christmas type of feel like a tim burton-y type of feel but then once you go into the top-down action sequences it's like butter smooth the bosses look so elaborate and memorable like they showed i don't know all kinds of shit one of the ones i remembered stands out is a giant frog that you're battling and probably the most standout to me was a random castle that shoots fucking lasers at you and they're like <laughs> dodging and weaving and sword slashing like, it looks like a really fun top-down fast-paced action rpg style so yeah 100 yeah, the art style looks cool the world looks cool i love the little crow it's so adorable uh he's got a little sword on his back and he's just uh, yeah. it's just so cute and he's riding the bus to go find out why people aren't dying in this one town so he's trying to be in like like the wrecking crew with his sword to be like i guess go and establish death back to this little area mm-hmm. it, it looks so fun yeah the description of the game is they have a headquarter called the hall of doors and one of the crows aka yourself gets sent to a twisted place where nothing has died for several centuries so i'm guessing it is your job as the crow to take some souls yeah i'm game (laughs) yeah man it looks good i'm definitely this one's on the list as well the other game that is 1000% on my list this one they have announced it, it was announced actually a few years ago but it should be coming out soon. I believe that they have 100% like said that this game will be coming out in 2021. And it is called 12 Minutes. 
Brendan, <laughs> I think we, co- we yeah we we've complete, we've kind of talked about it before on yeah. prior episodes, but pretty it's much too it's much this time. You got really cleanup cool. time, cuddle time, everything in twelve minutes. <laughs> you can do a lot in twelve minutes. Uh, it is an interactive thriller based on a man who is stuck in a time loop. So Ooh. that's kind of the easiest way. But the entire game takes place in one room, the guy's apartment. Um, but the thing is, obviously, every 12 minutes, the whole scenario changes. And it goes from happy, the the couple hanging out and watching TV together, to them being hogtied with someone breaking in, like, about to murder the girlfriend. Like, really fucked up stuff. It looks yeah. really sick. <laughs> um, the game itself also, the three characters of the game is voiced by James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe. Oh, so wow. they got... Yeah, they got some some Hollywood guys in there to help out with the voice acting. And honestly, this game looks... From the first time I saw it, it's just like, okay, we've done the ton, the time loop thing a million times. But this one, this one looks like it has the potential to be special. I'm not going to say this one is special, but this one definitely is like, I have high, high, high hopes for it. And I really hope it doesn't disappoint. Yeah, this looks like an arts, artsy, fartsy type of, uh, type of game, but somebody's baby. Like this looks like mm-hmm. something that someone had an idea of and they just wanted to do it so badly and poured so much love into it that I hope it works out for them. And yeah. if it does, then uh, yeah, if it's on Game Pass, maybe I'll try it. I will definitely be posting the trailer for that one. So like I said, give it a shot. It's like a minute long and you won't be disappointed. Similar to Brandon's sex life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never uh, disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh after that um they got among us so among us gets a new map it is called the airship it is a kind of the trailer itself was a new kind of story trailer as well as showing off the map it looks really cool if anyone's played among us it's obviously more of the same but it looks like they've made some changes such as after a meeting takes place so if someone rings the bell and everyone kind of does their vote now instead of everyone starting off in the control room you're actually able to pick different areas of the airship that you want to kind of start off so you can disperse yourself from there which even even that alone adds a pretty big layer to it so nice yeah, yeah I've, I've never tried it uh, among us so. we got it, it it's very fun Brandon. we should get a we should get an among us night going we did yeah. it with uh mike and joe and, and and all of them and it was it was it was pretty dope oh yeah i've had it just downloaded a lot just backstabbing yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so with friends it would probably be fun but i've just never tried it on my own sick um all right cool and then kind of the final major game that they were showing off is astria's ascending and this is a turn-based jrpg game takes place in the world where chaos looms players take control of the demigods which is always great a (laughs) motley crew of eight heroes charged with the fate of the world each character has their own story. The game features five cities, 25 dungeons, 30 hours of gameplay, and that can be upped to around 50 hours of gameplay for 100% completion. The yeah. story of the game is written by, I'm going to brutally destroy this, so I apologize, but Kazushigi Najima and Mr. Najima is the writer of Final Fantasy X as well as the Final Fantasy VII remake. So the man knows his shit. Yeah, so with a guy like that doing the story, yeah, you know you're in for for a good treat. Like when I think I talked about it a little bit before with FF7 remake and how good that remade story and continuation is. And FF10 is a lot of people's favorite game basically, of especially favorite of FF series. So, yeah, can't go wrong there. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And realistically, man, every now and then, I love a good turn-based RPG. The art style looked like a storybook. Like, it kind of just looks like a really artistically drawn kid's storybook. The animations looked really basic and simple. But at the same time, turn-based, why not? Like, the graphics looked like they could be played on a Switch. It'd be great on a mobile game. Uh, Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. This is thing. one of the games. This is one of the games that will be releasing day one on Game Pass as well. So can't can't beat that. Free is free. No, so. sir. Yeah. <laughs> no, sir. So, like I said, so those are kind of some of the some of the ones that were a little bit more standout. Um, again, I'll I'll be posting the links to all of those. So definitely give them a list. Uh, give them a look. And also, there's all the 22 other games that are going to be coming day one to Game Pass, and then the. 40 38 i guess remaining games that were all announced so 60 games total really really cool event i'm really happy that xbox is kind of going a little bit more all in on indie games because i just think that's a perfect is they fit well in game pass they're more pick up and play people can jump in jump out all that type of stuff so it's just really great to see yeah and especially when it comes to the whole xbox trying to stand out above sony handing amazing free indie games to people via game pass is is a great market to tap and yeah. a good way to help people like yourself lock into game pass that love indie games yeah because indie games like they're great sometimes sometimes they're not and even though they're 10 or 15 bucks if you buy 60 indie games it's a lot of money yeah. but if you could just like and- dip your toes in for 15 bucks a month why not it also helps the indie developers get their game out to a ton of people. Yeah. Right? It, exactly. it puts it puts their game in front of a ton of eyes and eyes that otherwise wouldn't have looked at the game or tried it. And I'm sure a lot of people will go and be like, okay, I'll, I'll give this game a shot. And then they realize that like, oh, this is really great. And then they go check out the other stuff that the developers made and kind of snowball effect from there. So win-win yeah. all the way around. All right, Brandon. So let's jump over the next two articles. We got some movie and some shows and some some solid entertainment news, my dude. Ooh. So the first one being your favorite man of all time, Mr. <laughs> George R. R. Martin, signs a huge deal with HBO. So, Mr. One Martin, one small step for George R. R. Martin, <laughs> one huge step back for everyone that wants the goddamn next book. <laughs> You're not getting it, Brandon. He's I'm never going to make it. He's going to die before he finishes it. Because I agree with you. This on that. list, if he finishes all these projects on this list, that's a wrap. Like, <laughs> that's like, we're look, you, you, you all see once Mike goes through this. He's looking at like <laughs> 10 years minimum of just pure shit on this list. How, how old is, is, is Georgie Boy? I don't know, but that man's heart with how uh, plump he is. And that's a lot of sitting if he's doing all this work too. <laughs> Probably not getting they some got, exercise. Uh, they, they threw in a stand up. They threw in a stand up desk for him. Yeah. But either way, uh, so this this We're comes from saved. the Hollywood. This comes from the Hollywood Reporter. But George R. R. Martin, aka Georgie Boy himself, has signed a new contract with HBO, which is going to span five years and worth mid eight figures. So I'm I'm guessing probably what fifty mil yeah. would be. That would be mid That would be figures, exactly mid. Which, man, like, if he's making $50 million with HBO money and shit, why would he finish the book? Like, when you really oh, think no. about money, it. No, no, money, money's, not, uh, money's not anything to him anymore. I think he's far past the point of, like, having to worry about any of that. I'm very curious now. What is George R.R. <laughs> R. Martin worth? 
Okay, while you look that up, I will continue on. So like I said, so it's pretty much George has signed an overall deal to develop original Mm -hmm. programming for the network, as well as their streaming service of HBO Max. The deal represents an effort from HBO to continue the momentum of Game of Thrones, the network's most popular as well as most award-winning series of all time. So it is unclear as to how many of the projects are going to be connected to Game of Thrones as HBO has signed him on to both continue with Game of Thrones as well as create brand new content. Um, The network itself has five different Game of Thrones projects currently going on, let alone with everything else that um, Mr. Martin is going to be bringing. But for the most part, they have positioned the writer to kind of continue to lead the creative role as well as overseeing kind of the different projects so a part of me wants to think that i think a lot of this isn't going to be particularly him sitting down and writing each word and each character but more so they can say oh this is a george rr martin inspired show or whatever it is and he's just kind of the one that gives the final thumbs up and thumbs down type of thing yeah he's gonna become a household name of hbo well i think he i think he already is a very much a household name Uh, oh yeah yeah but this will be like his stable right where mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know, just just putting a name to it, where you just see George R. R. Martin inspired or uh, produced or something. You see his name on it, and people be like, oh, fuck, I'll watch that. Because yeah. it's a name you trust. So yeah. yeah. So, Brandon, what's his net worth? $65 million as of oh. six days ago. So if he ah, signed that $50 million deal, <laughs> he had $15 million net asset before. So... Yeah, I, don't I, don't know. Know. I still feel like he's had about more than that. Either well, way, yeah. he's, I, 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 I would be pretty happy with with either of those figures. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but like that's just where I was hinting at before. That's where if he's willing, like if say maybe he made fifteen million dollars from the book series and his initial signings with HBO for the for the adaptation. If he's now getting fifty million for now these new projects, why would you go through all that trouble of just writing those books because of how much? Like, have you seen the backlog of those to see how many characters he has to keep track of? How many histories, lineages? Like, anytime somebody walks on screen, you'd ha- you'd have to read, like, 15 pages of his own writing just to remember who this person was. So, yeah, I can definitely relate, having uh, dabbled in the writing of novels myself, how annoying that would be. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and he's next level, like, on a different world planet universe in that regard of history absolutely so um so brandon outside of kind of this news like george is very very busy in terms of just all the other projects that he has his name currently involved in and and Mm -hmm. things that he's working on so let's quickly go through that list because i just want to hear like like you said like i don't know when the hell he's going to have time to do a any of these b that book Mm -hmm. and c just like in general, like, I don't know, I want to hear what you think about it. So some of the other projects that George is working on right now is developing a series called Who Fears Death, which is an adaptation of an award-winning 2011 post-apocalyptic novel. He's also working on a show called Roadmarks, which is an adaptation of a 1979 fantasy novel. Both of those are going to be for HBO. Um, George R. R. Martin, he is going to be executive producing that one there. So I think he's a little bit more hands-off there. 
He's also per, uh, he is also doing There's Wild Cards, which is based on a series of anthology novels written by Martin himself and other in uh, other authors. So I think that one's more of just like a collection okay. of ones, and that is going to be coming on Peacock, whatever that is. <laughs> There's In the Lost Lands, which is a feature film. That is going to be coming out. And again, that's based off of George R. R. Martin's fantasy adventure short stories that he's written in the past. Mila Jovich and Dave Bautista have already been attached to that movie. Ooh, I love Dave Bautista. <laughs> the best. Not the best actor, but like, I yeah, just love he's him. he's good enough. And he tries. He's good enough. And yeah, Drax I'm good with is, that. Drax is a great character in, oh, in Guardians. He does Drax perfectly. He doesn't have to really show emotion or range. Then you see him in Man with the Iron Fist, one of my favorite martial arts movies of all time, and can't act for shit in that movie. But at the yeah. same time, not many people in that movie could. Yeah, shout Minus. out to the RZA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, such a good movie. Yeah, neat. Uh, and then he also has Meow Wolf, which is Martin's. <laughs> I know it's a great. That's a great name. Uh, but it's his Sign experiential, experiential immersive entertainment company that he's currently making. On top of all of that, Brandon, he has his long-awaited sixth book in the saga, The Winter of The Winds of Winter. Mm-hmm. So he's still currently writing that. And wrapping it all up, he has Elden Rings, the video game that he's currently very much involved in. So Which that should Brandon, be done already, realistically. Like his involvement, like we after those trailer leaks and stuff, like there's gameplay, which means that the story should already be there. So really, if he's just writing the story and overseeing that, he's probably pretty hands-off at this point. Yeah. So how the hell is this man going to get all of that stuff done because like i don't know brandon i think of myself as a pretty hard worker mm-hmm. but that's a lot I i'm don't tired think I could, just I, reading that yeah list. i'm tired i am tired of just reading that list seriously like when you think about just what it would take to actually finish the sixth book it's been in process like what 10 years mm-hmm. uh the fifth book came out like roughly 10 years ago uh and the sixth book since then was in development when the series of game of thrones started season one aired that's wow so i remember this because i saw the book on the shelves when i was in university and i'm like oh cool like i wonder what that is and then i saw game of thrones on hbo season one finished season one instantly bought all five books read all five before season two came out and then i just waited and (laughs) then season five came and left and we're like okay season six there's no book what's gonna happen and then he, they just went on their own tangent, did their thing, which realistically to me, I think it just pissed him off. And he didn't expect that they would beat him to that. And because of any story arcs that they hit that were actually in his book, because as anyone knows that's read the books, they are drastically different and they diverge heavily from, what, from each other as you go farther into the series. Uh, and yeah, I think he literally is rewriting book six, like scrapped everything he was going to do and is rewriting an ending because then later he announced when he was writing book six that he's actually going to do eight books instead of seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was he something that happened on getting, He should focus on getting book six out before saying <laughs> I'm going to do two more. <laughs> yeah. Which I think like realistically, it's it does make sense in some ways just how drastically different everything about the books are from the mm-hmm. show. Uh, yeah. especially as they go like in concept and in the storytelling and everything and what the looming overhead presence and thoughts are from the books compared to the show so you know he might have just been like i have so many grand ideas he just wants to keep going and maybe he wrote like 
4,000 pages for book six. And he's just like, you know what, actually? Maybe not. Maybe I'm going to break yeah. this up and try and make it two books. Who knows? I don't know yeah. what that man's fucking doing in his head, but do, I just know I'm never going to read that six books because it's never coming out. Brandon, do you think that because HBO has beat him to the punch and gotten out season six of the show prior to him writing season six, do you think that it's going to be harder for fans to be excited? Or do you think fans are just good? Like, no matter kind of what he does, they'll be... Oh, okay, sorry. Obviously, they'll be excited, but do you think their expectations are going to be, like, too high or too little? Be like, oh, he just copied the show, or, oh, he's too far away from the show type of thing. Or is already the book series, like, just so... Is it, like, an A and a B? Uh, it really is drastically different. Uh, like, realistically, the first book was almost identical uh, to the season one. The only mm-hmm. differences that I remember is one fight scene between Bran and Joffrey before, like, Bran is crippled. Uh, and they emphasize the direwolves' magical connectivity to the children, like, to the Stark children. Oh, okay. Which, those are two minor things, but at the same time, magical, like, tie-togethers with the wolves, like, that's that's massive. That's, it's, yeah, yeah. So, it does change. Every book, it gets a little deeper, where, like, some characters change, some things change. Uh how the story is told is completely different because in a book you obviously don't know who is actually like who you're reading because like in a show you see the person you know the actor you know okay this is Sansa where in the book you'll get like a title that says like the mysterious stranger and then next thing you know you're reading a whole chapter and you don't know who it is that's witnessing all this stuff and you don't necessarily get names you just see things happening and he tells it from a third person perspective in a lot of regards, like an outside party, which really makes it way more, like way different. So yeah, it's, it's massively different. And I think that, I don't know. I think at this point, people that have watched the show, there's, they, they have an ending. I think there's going to be a lot less people that would have bought the sixth book now that the show is gone that like, than there would have been before, you know? Yeah. 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 Like, like people wanted to buy the book to beat the series and that generated a lot of hype for mm-hmm. that book. Where now that the whole series is done, yeah, book six, people are going to be like, well, I watched the show. I don't need to if they're casual. Yeah, like, it's just so crazy. Like, imagine final Harry Potter movie beating the final book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, like, crazy. Exactly. And then, especially if that book, is unlike a Harry, like Harry Potter's are long, but they're not George R.R. R. Martin long. Like, they're not 1,600 yeah. pages of, like... <laughs> <laughs> really densely compact pages that take insane amounts of time to read uh, yeah so on one side if you're like well i already saw the show do i need to spend the next three weeks yeah like with my nose buried in a book so i could see his yeah. apprehension maybe to e- or inspiration to even finish the books cool yeah and then the oh yeah i i definitely see i definitely see his like pause of wanting to do it it's so much more work to finish those books and realistically like if yeah. he dies tomorrow, there's an ending, at least to the series. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in some way or another. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, anyone can go at any time, you know? George yeah. R. R. Martin, because I know you listen to this podcast every single week. We're not, t- we're not shit-talking your health, man. We're just, we're just <laughs> saying, you know, never know. You get into a car, that could be your last trip. You never know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> so, if it's going to take you 15, 20 years to finish this all, the odds are just going up. Every day that you're alive means more chances that you're going to die. So, it's that's for all of us. So, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. 
right. All right, Brandon. We'll do it away. All right. Let's continue on to the final movie news of the day. And Brandon, this one makes me very excited. And that is that Ghost of Tsushima is getting a movie adaptation. Fucking right! (laughs) (laughs) So, Sony Pictures and PlayStation Production, they have announced that the movie is taking place and in production is going to happen. The movie is going to be directed by Chad Stadelsky. And Chad is the director of all of the John Wick movies. So... There you go. Really great stuff there. John great Wick start. movies, obviously amazing action. Some of the best action yeah. movies that you can get. So the man does know his way. We'll get a little bit more into his his kind of resume there. And after reading through his resume, it just made me all the more excited for this movie. Because mm-hmm. that man is a bona fide badass. Peter Kang from Sucker Punch Productions, he's going to be serving as an executive producer to the game. So they have someone from Sucker Punch, obviously the company that made the game. They're the ones who have done all of the research about Japan and Tsushima and the whole nine yards of it. Um, Actually, the two or three people from Sucker Punch have been named from Japan, like honorary citizens and kind of... Yeah, the the travel ambassadors for the world. Yeah, travel ambassadors of... Tsushima, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, which like I know I bucket list. I want to go to Japan. I wasn't like the island of Tsushima wasn't on my list before, but now it is. A hundred percent. I would love to go see it. Even like yeah, like yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, <laughs> but the movie itself will it will adapt the plot from the game. So Jin Sakai will be returning, and it will follow the samurai warrior defending Japan against invaders. So um, Jin is up against Mongol, the Mongolian army as they are trying to take over the island of Tsushima. Yeah, which, perfect. You know what? Like, yeah. full, full, like you know what? Perfect really wraps it up. But this is a first-party first party game, realistically. Like, it's a Sony exclusive. Now it's mm-hmm. made in-house by a Sony studio. It has a person from the game overseeing it, and the director is an action god. Like, yeah. John Wick 1, 2, and 3, incredible first one never have if like anyone that's watched it never have you ever wanted somebody to die as fast as you did when (laughs) they killed his puppy and took his car that's it that's that's the motivation that's all the motivation you need absolutely uh incredible movies though check them out if you haven't seen them oh yeah for sure and and the cool part too and like i was saying before about like his actual resume so chad actually started off as a stuntman and turned into kind of like from stuntman to director so he was stunt coordinator for movies like hunger games the wolverine expandables 2 sherlock holmes and most importantly beer fest one of my favorite drinking movies of all time oh it's amazing movie for anyone that's curious if you haven't if you want to play the drinking game anytime they drink a whole beer or drink like a shot you take a sip of yours and you will be drunk by the end of that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Um, Chad was also the martial arts choreographer for movies like Man of Tai Chi, Ninja Assassin, as well as Matrix. Yeah, Ninja Assassin's sick. Um, as well as The Matrix 2 and 3. So he was he did all of the choreography for the martial arts scenes of The Matrix 2 and 3, which is sick. And the other cool part is he is actually Neo's stunt double for all of The Matrix movies. So, like, Amazing. he does, the, he does the, the martial arts, he choreographs the martial arts, and having him to helm a fucking samurai movie is going to be awesome. Hell yeah. 
because realistically, if uh, actually one of my coworkers is a, is a stuntman, semi-retired now, so can appreciate this, where if you are a good enough stuntman to get into a massive franchise like The Matrix, you've been doing it a long time, you know your craft very well. So this guy was good enough of a stuntman in the first one that they're like, hey man, do you want to choreograph the second and third one? Like, that's fucking, that's madness. Yeah, so man. just could not have asked for a better person for this hand like this game like this movie sorry this game adaptation to be the hands of or be in the hands of fuck i can't speak <laughs> okay cool yeah. uh, sorry i'm good with leaving that <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> uh the game recently crossed a massive milestone of selling 6.5 million copies since its launch of in july of 2020 and the game is also the PlayStation 4's fastest-selling first-party original IP debut, selling 2.4 million units in the first three days. Goddamn. Yeah, goes to sick. Oh, and, and it also won a ton of fucking Game of the Year awards. Yeah, and was my personal Game of the Year for for 2020, which was mm-hmm. an amazing year for gaming. So it was, it was hitting against a massive, massive competition. It's one of the best original games i've played in i like recent memory yeah um and then i guess to wrap it all up and and this is sony's kind of big push towards getting good video game movies out into the wild (laughs) so obviously they they started playstation productions um which is kind of helming all of these projects and this is the third one that they're working on obviously they have the uncharted movie that is currently in post-production and set to release february 11th 2022 and they also have the hbo series for last of us so ghost of us ghost Ghost of shima last of us and uncharted all coming to your silver screen and big screen which is those three are just perfect like the last of us is already a good enough game to be a like a story like it's you know (laughs) like it it was in itself you could show it to anyone and just Mm -hmm. like the last of us story is just so good uncharted indiana jones modern day and we're getting it with marky mark i'll fucking take it and yeah man jin sakai i can't wait to see that beautiful bastard on the big screen and hopefully in destruction all-stars 2 announce it sony announce it no not just uh no, playstation all-stars not Play- destruction all-stars oh yeah no sorry <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it's uh, coming yo evo evo it's coming yep hopefully i can feel it brandon I can but... feel it in my jellies in my jellies so that's it man yep. it was uh that was that was the news for the week some some good stuff going down oh yeah uh we got Jin. we got Jin sakai that's all that matters indie yep. games move aside we have ghost of tsushima coming in hot oh yeah and uh I don't know, quickly, I know that those are the three main articles, and we were going to do a fourth, potentially, but I just want to at least mention it. That massive raid that happened of the, oh, yeah, uh, the game cheats. Uh, yeah, so this was kind of a very last-minute thing that I just noticed, actually, last night. Police bust world's biggest video game cheat operation ever. Roughly $76 million in revenue was made by the organization, which charged subscription fees for clients, basically, to get cheat codes in really popular online games such as overwatch and call of duty so basically if you were playing this and you were like man this guy's got fucking hacks this person's an asshole maybe they did and maybe they were paying for it which apparently they were charging about like up to ten dollars a day or 200 bucks a month which may sound stupid but for a twitch streamer if that's your job you pay 200 bucks a month to basically be a god and just hack everybody 
that's revenue. Like I totally get why there's a market for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they that's they made roughly 76 million people between a really small team. I think it was like eight people. Uh, and police seized 46 million dollars in assets, including a impressive like assortment of luxury cars that would make Vin Diesel even cry, uh, just from the <laughs> images. And yeah, I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was pretty hilarious. Uh, because they arrested 10 people for for this. Uh, it was a yeah, joint effort between Chinese, between the Chinese police and. Sorry, I just just read this part. They called the Operation Chicken Drumstick. <laughs> so that's what this project's name was: Operation Chicken Drumstick. Operation Chicken Drumstick. Fuck it, I love the Chinese. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> yeah. So it's just one of those things where there's a lot of a lot of info on this, but I just wanted to address it because it's pretty funny that yeah. in its own right that this happened. So yeah, yeah, check it out. It was I read this on the BBC. Which and, and Kotaku also has uh, the article yeah. as well. I'll throw I'll throw the article in the show notes as well. Beauty, nice. Yeah. All right, dude. So that's it for in the news. So let's keep the ball rolling and let's jump over to today in video game history. All right, Brandon, so this is Today in Video Game History. Each week we take the day of the week, so today is April the 1st, and we look at the games that came on April 1st. So we go through it, kind of more of a rapid fire, Brandon. We uh, I'll say the name of the game, and Brandon will choose if we want to stay or just kind of keep it rolling, you know, all that fun shit. So let's kick it off, and Brandon, again, April 1st, 1993, 28 years ago, Cool Spot comes out for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pass for me. I hadn't even heard of this game until I read this. <laughs> okay, Randy, do you know who Cool Spot is? Uh, isn't it like a Kool Aid game, or like you know, like some type of some type of drink company made this game as an advertisement thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool Spot is a, Cool Spot is actually the mascot for Seven Up. So <laughs> the <laughs> juggernaut made, of the industry. In Seven Up, Seven Up made a platforming game featuring their mascot Cool Spot. This is on the heels of of a lot of actually like random companies making mascot games. So uh, Chester the Cheetah from Cheetos mm-hmm. had his, also has his own video game. <laughs> the Noid, who is the mascot for Domino's Pizza, he has his own game. Um, and then they came out with Cool Spot. And actually later down, they did other games like Pepsi Man for PlayStation 1. And <laughs> I think the more recent one was the Xbox 360, the Burger King games. I do remember that, yep. Sneaking. Sneaking was actually a pretty <laughs> sick game. <laughs> you know what I would actually think would translate really well in mascots? The Kool-Aid man. Because he yeah, could... and he just smash walls. Yeah, because he could wall burst, you know? He, he bashes through enough uh, enough of them. He could have a health meter that's a, his Kool-Aid levels. And, like, he if he becomes an empty glass container, he's out of health. I think you could do a lot of stuff. Like, you could refresh by drinking some of yourself, maybe, or consuming some of the liquid for health. You could put in a lot of cool mechanics and actually make it a really fun little little game you know you know it'd be a good you know it'd be a good kool-aid game brandon what? okay this just came to my mind so uh mobile game mobile Ooh, Kool-Aid okay. game, yeah, and yeah. it is an endless it's an endless runner but instead oh. of like so like subway surfers but yeah. instead of missing the walls you hit the walls <laughs> to continue to run and you like oh, you yeah. don't avoid yeah and you don't and you avoid like the gaps and you <laughs> just smash walls and then you use your killer either way yeah that would be pretty and sick. you have I'm, your oh I'm yeah meter where like you hit 10 yeah, walls yeah. and then if you get like the 10 point combo you get the oh yeah 
and it gets louder and louder every 10 until you have <laughs> mega oh yeah at 100 it'd be great fucking kool-aid man yeah. either way continuing on yep. april 1st 1995 26 years ago daytona usa comes to the sega saturn in japan uh that's a pass for me i never played it you never played daytona usa like the arcade game oh like we're talking like cruising usa kind of yeah so oh. it's like cru- it's like the nascar one of cruising usa oh no cruising usa all the way that's okay okay uh, yeah well quick quick one fact let me continue on okay. in japan it was the ninth highest grossing arcade game of 1994 oh wow that's that's cool made the list Indeed. nice there you go. Uh, continuing on, April 1st, 1995, 26 years ago, Mortal Kombat 3 comes out for the arcade. So this one, we everyone that listens know we love Mortal Kombat. Uh, but the third one, I don't really have many memories of. Like, I can't even picture distinctively which one it is. So I don't know if I even played it. Like, I, I wouldn't have played it at an arcade. But mm-hmm. did, do you know if it came out to a console? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out, uh, especially they had Mortal Kombat 3 as well as Mortal Kombat Ultimate, I believe, or mm-hmm. Ultimate Mortal Kombat, one of the two. Um, so, and that one came out to your SNESs, your Sega Genesis. Oh, okay. I also yeah, believe yeah. So it I came out on that. PS1 as well. Um, but this one is the first Mortal Kombat to have um, animalities. Oh, So, okay. it continued with babyality. They have friendshipality, obviously fatalities, but now they have animalities where... Instead of a fatality, they turn into various animals and kill their opponents that way. <laughs> That's awesome. Have you seen any of the animalities by any chance? Uh, no. Does it ring a bell at all? No, nope? unfortunately. I think okay. when I did play this, when I, I was pretty young, and I probably would not have figured that out, and the internet was not a thing. <laughs> yeah that's true that's true that's true Liu kang turns into a signature dragon bites yes. the guy in half it's pretty that, sick actually i have seen that never mind <laughs> guess who scorpion turns into hell like doesn't he turn into a skeleton and just like murder no no if, if scorpion turned into an animal what animal would you put money on scorpion turns into well the name is scorpion <laughs> but i feel like if it was that it wouldn't be funny so let's See, that's go where you're the... wrong <laughs> does he turn into a go, giant go, go. scorpion no, no, get it. What's oh, your guess? What's your guess? I was going to say something just ridiculous, like an alligator. Uh, scorpion turns into a penguin. <laughs> and <laughs> I was going to say puppy originally because it's cute and cuddly, but penguin is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and he, he, he waddles past the enemy and lays an egg, and then the egg blows up and blows his enemy up into bits. It's very, <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like the assassin pengu version. Yeah, it's so good. Um, other, there are some really shit ones. Noob Cybot turns into an anteater oh. and like sucks and just sucks the enemy up and through his like snout and like that's that's the fatality. It's, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, and then I guess before we move on, so Mortal Kombat three is the game that first in, or introduced other great characters like Cyrax, Sector, Cabal, Nightwolf, Sindel, and Shiva. So oh, some so some Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, some some pretty big Mortal Kombat um, ones there. Yeah, like Cyrex, I used to love playing him and shoot the... Uh, I still remember shooting the stomach missiles out and yeah. just fucking with my neighbors. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I lots of old school memories, but not that much nostalgia f- for me. Cool. Let's, sounds good. Let's yeah. keep it going. 23 years ago, April 1st, 1998, Kobe Bryant in NBA courtside comes out on Nintendo 64. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. G.G. Yeah, never, uh, never played. So yeah, that's all you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, nor have I. Nor have <laughs> I. But it has a se- it has a, it has a seventy six percent game rankings review. So and half of those are probably R.I.P. Kobe. 
Five star movie. <laughs> gone too young. Gone too young. Oh, it hurts still, but that's okay. Um, sixteen years ago, April first, two thousand five, Dynasty Warrior Four comes out in Japan. Another pass. Yeah, another pass. Uh, do you ever play Dynasty Warrior in general? Yeah, I've played. I've dabbled over the years. Never yeah. really like did anything for me. Yeah, not not my not my my bread and butter there. Yeah. Um, April first, two thousand four, seven years ago, Goat Simulator comes Ooh. out on the PC. <laughs> the goat of all goat simulators. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I thought this game was fucking hilarious. I I'm pretty sure I downloaded it on Steam and then never played it, and then it came out on consoles and I downloaded it, and I don't think I ever played it either. But <laughs> I, I need the idea so bad. <laughs> like it's it's, you just you're a goat that's a dick you just fuck with people isn't it actually the the description of it is pretty like makes it pretty self-explanatory it is it has been compared to an old school skate skating game so like a skateboarding game uh except instead of being a skater you're a goat and instead of doing tricks you wreck stuff (laughs) (laughs) no can is safe (laughs) it's so good Uh, yeah i still want to play that game one day we should do we should do a, a playthrough of Goat Simulator, buddy. Especially hammed. Need yeah. that would be a great drinking game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, ready. Continuing on April first, twenty fourteen, seven years ago, Mercenary Kings comes out on the PS four. I've also never played, heard of it, but um, yeah, I've never actually played it. Okay, cool. It was many, many, many year, months ago. I think it was like on the early stage of like free ps4 games for like ps plus okay um so it came out on ps plus i, I i'm pretty then. sure i have it in my library there you might have it um but it's fun it's very fun i i, I haven't played tons of time and this was years ago but from what i remember is dope it's kind of the easiest way to describe it it is picture metal slug mm-hmm. but with the gears of war reloading system like with like the bar okay. that goes through so it's, it's pretty cool it has more of a mission select screen kind of like monster hunter where you're taking jobs okay. and then from there you go into the world and you complete it but it's pretty solid it's it's definitely pretty solid well and from what like i do remember this game now that you mentioned it with the reloading i definitely added this to my ps collection when it was free because it got good mm-hmm. reviews and from what i remember it was the guys that made scott pilgrim versus the world also made yes. this which i had endless amounts of fun with scott pilgrim playing with a, a buddy of mine just couch awesome. co-op and i love that game so I think I downloaded this one specifically to try it, but never did. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And they actually just re-released Scott Pilgrim vs. World, the game, uh, on PS4, it. PS5. Yeah, because going back to our prior conversation about digital games and how much do you own them, mm-hmm. um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, like the original game that came out, it was actually delisted. So it was taken down from all the stores and you could no longer re-download it if you've already purchased it and own it so again that's a conversation for another day but it is now out in the world and yes this is that game was made by the scott pilgrim team which is pretty dope yeah excellent game give it a try on playstation if uh if you haven't yeah great beat em up great beat em up oh yeah so continuing on brandon six years ago april 1st 2015 dark souls 2 scholar of the first sin dlc is released on pc as well as ps3 ps4 xbox one and xbox 360 so as previously said i know i say this a lot but on episodes previously you will know that Dark Souls 2 is what I think to be the worst one in the entire franchise's history, and I thought it was like not even worth finishing because of how much it pissed me off. 
which it was for the reason that it pissed me off. It was the first time I felt like I could not, like you were not meant to beat this game fairly. Like you have to do a co-op. Like you have to mm-hmm. invite someone. Those boss, like that one boss with the three bosses at the same time. I remember just thinking, I'm like, how are you supposed to fucking do this? And cause you're getting hit three, like from three different massive, like one hit kill bosses and all the internet says, invite a friend, invite a friend, like invite someone else, invite a stranger, all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not what Dark Souls is about. Dark Souls yeah. and the Soulsborne series is about something being really fucking hard, but fair and doable by yourself to get like your personal satisfaction of not cheesing something if you don't want to. So I don't know. It, it, it really wasn't a, I didn't like it that much. Not to say it was a bad game. It's still in one of the best gaming series of all time in my opinion and it's still it's just the worst of the best and personally if i was telling somebody which ones if they're trying to catch up on which ones to play i would never say dark souls 2 ever (laughs) so uh yeah uh that's my that's my two cents sick uh all right bro that was today in video game history so it was a lot of passes today but that's okay some weeks are going to be action-packed some weeks are going to be a little bit quieter but still some some solid bangers so i'm 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 happy with it i'm cool with it buddy yeah man let's do it yeah so brandon with that that was episode 19 of the growing up gaming podcast so pretty much as we as we talked about earlier or like in the intro um as well as kind of the final episode we were still kind of in consideration in terms of if we want to continue on with the twice a week i definitely think in just talking with brandon and talking well with brandon uh, <laughs> it's, it's something that we want to we oh, and brunner 100 brandon's dog yeah. um he is the he's our show lawyer he's our yeah, um, so. lawyer and executive producer <laughs> of snack so, we were um we it's definitely something that i think we both want to bring back kind of going forward um but for right now we are going to switch back over to more of the once a week longer style episode so this week here will be the final one um but don't be sad again you're getting the same amount of content but just kind of all at once at one chunk so you can just plow through it and then patiently wait for the following thursday <laughs> Exactly. And you can listen in moderation, you know, to make it last Absolutely. Whole week if you want. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, that was the kind of the final or that was episode 19, I should say. And we will be coming back on Sunday, our final Sunday fun day, at least for now. Then we will be continuing on with our regularly scheduled programming. And again, that is Growing Up Gaming coming to you hot, coming to you live every Thursday morning slash afternoon <laughs> not, not live we, we we pre-record this no we don't <laughs> live live eventually maybe and that'll be uh that'll be dangerous <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah we got we got some plans we got some plans for the show it'll be good live will come with plenty of alcohol and i'm sure it won't take us very long to get canceled so. yeah i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> uh so with that brandon um anything else to kind of to to kind of wrap it up the uh, i'll throw it over to you and you can do your thing all right well uh i think it's fun to address that i keep this trend going 19 we can drink in canada let's go Woo! we've grown up <laughs> yeah i think as a whole it was a pretty good pretty good news week like there were some big articles definitely some things to to think about and mull over and talk about and definitely inspired that conversation for the future of like what what ownership do you truly have of electronic 
medias realistically as a whole mm-hmm. so that could be an interesting type of growing up grown up conversations uh, type of type of thing in the future maybe we'll bring some uh bring on a third party or something like that you know who knows talk about nice. it but either way let us know what you think hit us up in the socials um like follow subscribe all that good shit and tune in for sunday fun day which for what i think might be the most random review i have ever come up with which oh God. was heavily uh, one of them literally that came up. It's a two-parter. The first one I've had since we actually started the show. And it was a uh, part of something that we were going to do, but we decided not to. And I've still had it on my phone. So I, I'm going to finally drop that, get it off my, my list. And then the other one is something I came up with randomly today, which, uh, yeah, may involve a little reading. There's a little hint. So, uh, yeah, get ready. It should be fun. Oh, my God. I don't know what they are. And I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. both excited and not... scared, as I as I mostly am on all Brandon's random yeah. reviews. Mike still doesn't know what they are either. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, he's also eagerly in anticipation. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, man. I think that's it. That's all for me. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday Fun is going to be sick. So, we're going to have Brandon's random review. We're also going to be doing Nostalgia vs. Reality of video game rental stores as well as movie theater experiences. And we are doing the Grown Up Gaming review of Justice League. So, the Zack Snyder cut, it is going to be dope. It will be shorter than his four hour bonanza, but it will be just as good. <laughs> so, <laughs> hell yeah, man. All right. Well, in that case, look, tune in Sunday for what's going to be a pretty fun, exciting uh, little day. And uh, as always, thanks for stopping by. Bye.